definitely eating a whole pizza. So you're not saying you're not eating a whole pizza. You're just saying you're eating 25 Snickers bites. I'm eating 25 Snickers bites while I'm waiting for the pizza to get out of the oven. (laughs) Then I'm eating a whole pizza. Then I'm having 13 ice cream sandwiches. I start with, but I'm only going to have one, but then I have 13. And by the way, I'll be having all of that with a Diet Coke. Because I'm responsible. Really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. I remember we used to make pizza rolls at your house. Oh, my God. Dude, that one time we made, what, 90? We made two bags of 60. Was it two bags of 60? (laughs) And I ate 70. And there weren't any left over. There no. weren't any. I know I ate more than you, so <laughs> I ate 70, you ate 50. I just remember being really sort of secretly preoccupied with, these need to be evenly split. I This needs to be a fair distribution of these fucking pizza rolls, because I'm fucking hungry and I hate myself. But it was one of those cool Hamlet things where I kept having to like move around to create more space to put more of those things in my body. <laughs> cool and Luke. <laughs> like, I had to like... Okay, I got to get more like length. I have to get more length in my body so I can squeeze a few more of these in. <laughs> Just laying down flat with your arms up, trying yeah, to get I, more. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't sit on the couch. I had to like sort of keep my feet out. Let's talk about a show we did where the special guest was one Miss Renee Zellweger. Okay, remember that show? Yeah, at Antone's. Oh yeah. When I was 26, 25 or 26, my first time touring in Los Angeles with Griffin House, a friend of ours, uh, we were in a, a shitty part of West Hollywood because we had no money and we were staying in a little shithole. We were playing the Troubadour. Uh-huh. And I was in a Starbucks and we're in line at Starbucks and my our bass player at the time nudges me and he says, dude, look over there. I'll glance over and it's Renee Zellweger bawling, crying with a person in front of her with tarot cards reading her fortune. Okay. And I'm guessing it was pretty bad news. Yeah. The guy was saying, you're Renee Zellweger. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, oh. Well, this is, I guess, post-Oscar, you know, from Chicago. And it was just weird to be in Los Angeles where all these celebrities are. And that's kind of the first thing I see is Renee Zellweger, not in a private place, not in a, not even in a boutique coffee shop, at a Starbucks, crying publicly while someone's reading her fortune via fucking tarot cards. All right, can, is, I, can I tell you my Renee Zellweger spotting? Or is there more to the story? I'm just sort of contextualizing what would then go on to happen okay, years but, later in Austin, Texas with okay, you. So that happens to you. So then me also, pre-show... Mm-hmm. The one we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm at a party in Hollywood, um, which I didn't go to a lot of, but I went to a few of when I was dating a famous movie star. Mm-hmm. Not Renee Zellweger. Not Renee Zellweger, but we're at this party, and I look over, and it's Renee Zellweger. And Renee Zellweger looks sort of like if Casper the Friendly Ghost uh, took the form of Renee Zellweger. <laughs> And what it was, she was like anorexic, but she was also super puffy. Hmm. So she's obviously an alcoholic of some kind. And she had been drinking, I guess, constantly for years. (laughs) And so she had zero body fat because you have to not, you can't like, because 
if you're on film, it adds 10 pounds. So you have to be, I'm sure you've seen movie stars before in person. They're way skinnier in real life than they are on TV. Yes. And they're skinny on TV and in movies. So absolutely bone thin, but puffy like Casper, the friendly ghost. And I was like, ooh, gross. All right. So there's my spotting. Well, her. what year would that have been? 2002 or something? 2000. 2000? Yeah. So that's probably, that's pre-Chicago. That's that's Jerry Maguire, post-Jerry Maguire. Post-Jerry Maguire, pre-Chicago. So, <laughs> or right around Chicago. I love that we're just delineating time by Renee Zellweger's IMDb page. Okay, so now cut to 20... 2012 or 2013. Yeah. We had just done a Saxon pub gig. Antones had moved to a new place. Right. And we were leaving for a tour. So we played our two-hour gig at Saxon. Whatever shenanigans went down there went down. We immediately went to Antones and played a blistering seven-song rock and roll set. Well, it was a... it was Because uh, then was, we had to get on the bus was, and split. Right. It was an Antones anniversary party. Anniversary party. And they had, like, all, like, uh, uh, Doyle Brammel mm -hmm. was there. You know, like, the guys from Fabulous T-Birds, maybe, you know, it was a big star-studded sort of... Austin but our whole event. deal was we had to just come in and out. I didn't even put my pedal board together. I just plugged straight into like an AC right. thirty. And at the time we had there was a bunch of material that was like straight up rock and roll. Black Mountain, Set Yourself Free. Right. So we were just doing the beer, I think we did. And it was super packed. It was a really fun show. Yeah, we just went in and slammed it with three hard rock songs. Yeah. And then we And killed it. And and murdered. But Renee Zellweger was up in the VIP booth. Unbeknownst to us. I think I knew she was there. I didn't know. But then somebody told us later that they were like, that she was like, who's that guitar player? Mm -hmm. And when I found that out, I was like, bitch. <laughs> who's the guitar player? Who am I? Yeah. If I'm not the goddamn lead singer bringing the goddamn heat, bitch. I mean, I've been a guitar player my whole life. I have extensive experience with this issue here. They will always want the front man first. That is no doubt. Yeah. The front man's king of the castle. Yeah. But a lot of women assume the front man's going to be too hard to do. There's too much competition. Number two, though, always is the lead guitar player. That's just the way of the fucking world. Lead guitar is always number two. Uh, Aerosmith. <laughs> that's, that's your first example. It's the only example. You just said Aerosmith. Well, I mean, Rolling Stones, but Aerosmith. Steven, what is it? What's his Steven name? Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. Joe Perry. By the way, isn't isn't Tyler Bryant's guitar player Joe Perry's son? Oh, I did not know that. That would explain actually a lot about a lot about that band. Is that's that true? What, that's what somebody told me. There is a great, a wonderful guitar player in town who's a friend of mine named Harrison Whitford, who is Brad Whitford's son. But Brad Whitford's the other guitar player in Aerosmith. Dude, guess what name I've never heard. What? That name. Harrison Whitford? Bradford Hitford, or whatever the fuck name you just said. Brad Whitford. <laughs> Bradford Whitford? Did I've I say Bradford? No, you said Brad Whitford, and I heard Bradford Whitford. <laughs> and I've never heard that name, and I've heard well, Aerosmith I, and Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. Oh, I, you don't know Ton Hamilton or Joey Kramer either? The no. drummer and bass player? No. Wow. Why would I know that? Well, I thought you loved music as much as I did, Bob. I do love music. I read, I, dude. I'm a liner notes kid, man. I grew up reading liner notes. I don't know liner notes, and I don't know people's names. I just know your first name. You hardly knew Joe Perry's name. 
You just called you basically called Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. You just called them Aerosmith. No, dude, lead singers, guitar players, Aerosmith. The only reason I knew Joe Perry's name is because I had muscle memory from <laughs> from what? Well, I was gonna say Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. Wow. I'm glad we upped the comedy in this episode. All right. What do you think about Joe Perry being in a band with Johnny Depp and, and Alice Cooper, the Hollywood vampires? Uh, I don't know. Any time an actor's in a band, I just immediately think it's going to suck because it always does. Yeah, it's not good almost every time. Not almost every time. Every time. I'm telling you, man, I just, I don't think I'll ever watch the movie A Star is Born. It does not look good to me at all. Dude, I walked out. I didn't know also that Bradley Cooper directed it. Yeah. It's a big movie for him. I like him. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's great. But this whole Gaga life fucking, that movie did not need to be remade. Who cares about that story? I guess a lot of people did. Dude, people went crazy over that fucking song at the Oscars. I was like, what? Right. It's not that good. It's all right. It's okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I if I ran into Lady Gaga or Bradley Cooper, I'd be like, oh, I love you guys. Sure. But it wasn't that great. Yeah. And if I knew them and saw them, I'd be like, oh, that was amazing. Right. Well, that's how the world works. Yeah. That's how the world works. And even saying now that it wasn't that great, I'm like, oh, shit, I hope they never hear this. But if they do, you know why? Because they're feeling, this is the way my mind works. And people think that I'm like some, like, I'll just say whatever the fuck I want and don't give a shit. Everything I say immediately after I'm like, I hope that person doesn't hear that because that would hurt their feelings. Not because they would hate me. I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I really don't. Is it is it that you don't want to hurt their feelings or that you're you're worried that it would have professional consequences or that they could possibly help you in the future, but not if they know that you think their song sucks. No, I, dude, I can't go any further now. <laughs> I'm as I'm the least successful I can possibly be, being as talented as I am. <laughs> like for sure, there's no way I could get less people to come see me play than I have right now. So no, I'm not worried about that. I just don't. I don't. If I was listening to a podcast and somebody said something disparaging about me, it would hurt my feelings so bad. Yeah. And I just don't want anybody else to feel that. I don't want somebody to have that feeling like maybe Bradley Cooper's a Bob. Maybe he becomes a Bob Schneider fan. Maybe he finds out about this podcast and now he's listening to the podcast. And now we're talking about Starsborn. And, and every time we talk about it, I'm like, yeah, I walked out because they didn't. And it wasn't because he didn't do a good job. He did a fine job. He did the best job he knew how to do as a director. He's a great actor, pretty good director. He just didn't get certain things right about what it is to make music, write music, and be in a band. And everybody gets it wrong. And I'm sure when Bradley Cooper watches a movie about acting, he's like, this movie sucks because they don't get it right. They don't ever get it right. Mm -hmm. And so that's the reason I don't like the movie, not because of Brad... My buddy Brad, who's a fan of mine, or Lady Gaga, who's also, also a friend. We call her also, Gaga. I call her G. You know what movie did kind of get it right a little bit though? Is, Spinal Tap. Is that thing you do? Uh, the Tom Hanks one. Yeah, I didn't say it. They had all the actors actually learn how to play, so that when you see the drummer doing a drum fill, it doesn't look like the stupid 
overdubbed bullshit. It all looks real. Right. And it's kind of a movie, even though it's a comedy, it's kind of about how shitty and seedy and, and relationships within bands dissolving. But in a in a way that felt really real to me. Right. Well, I watched that yesterday movie. Have you seen that? No. How was that? The Beatles one? I loved it. Like, And I was like, I'm going to hate this movie. And I kind of hated it at the beginning when it first started. I was like, I know I'm going to hate this movie. But then I really enjoyed it. Like, it was really fun. And, uh, and you know, that's about music and writing songs and stuff. But yeah, I, it was enjoyable. Yeah. And I, I didn't mind. It's so weird what I like and what I don't like. For instance... I did, I hated the movie about um, NWA. Oh yeah, Straight Outta Compton. I hated Straight Outta Compton because it just was kind of ridiculous. But it, everybody thinks that like that movie was the real deal. Whereas I I really liked Bohemian Rhapsody because that seemed like an SNL skit to me. Like it was so ridiculous yeah. that I kind of liked it. Yeah, I liked it, but I did not buy it. You know, well, because it you couldn't buy it. Like, everybody's wearing a wig. It looks stupid. But I just mean, like, the thing that really bothered me about Bohemian Rhapsody is I, I get it, and I agree with the hive mind. Freddie Mercury was a genius. He was a genius performer and songwriter and greatest frontman of all time. What I hated about the movie is when he would be in the office, he'd be like, here's what we're going to do, lads. It'll be an opera. And then it would show, like, Brian May and, and all the other guys looking at him and going, like smiling and nodding like he's God's gift to me. Like, that's not how bands work. Freddie no. Mercury has a big idea, and the band's like, I don't really know how we're going to pull that off. Like, wh- what? That's not a good idea. Yeah, none of those conversations happen. None of that, anything in that movie, none of anything that happened in that movie, except for the stage stuff, happened the in Live Aid, yeah. Like the fact that <laughs> they were trying to sell the fact that Freddie Mercury wasn't sure which way he was going to go sexually. <laughs> When he's the most gay dude of all time. Mm-hmm. That dude just wanted to be hammered in the butthole oh by boy. leather dudes. Leather. Like, not like, let's just pretend. No, there was no pretending. He's like, I want to go into that gas station and have five dudes pound my butthole until I don't know where I'm at. God <laughs> and then I'll go fucking right. Goddamn bohemian rhapsody you know what that song bohemian rhapsodies you know what that's about right no he just Look killed at a the man one. he didn't kill a man guess what he did he just fucked the dude <laughs> mama just fucked a man i put my dick up in his face pulled the trigger now he's covered in cum oh, mama life has just begun Dude, it's so, like, it's him, like, coming to terms with his super gay. It's, he said he doesn't say life has just begun. He said life had, had just begun. Yeah. Now I've gone and thrown it all away. Yeah, now I threw my jizz all over this motherfucker's butthole. So, Beelzebub was just a guy at the gay club that he's hanging with. No, Beelzebub is, like, you know, everybody's, like, his whole family's, like, hardcore, you know, they're, like, you know like it's evil or it's against God to be gay. You know? mm-hmm. like, so it's fuck. So yeah. I mean, it was just him writing a song about his sexuality. Hmm. I've never heard that before. That's interesting. It's so obvious when you listen to the lyrics. 
I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing about lyrics that people don't understand. Like, even with my lyrics, I don't write anything that's autobiographical. It's all made up. But the nugget of it, the truth, the core of it, it's always true. Yeah. So, like, when Michael Jackson writes "Pretty Young Thing," right? It's obvious. Like. When I heard PYT, I was like, uh, yeah, for sure this guy's having sex with kids. It is weird how, you know, you you what you feel will come out. Oh, yeah. Even if you were active. That happens to me a lot because I often am writing with other people with a specific goal in mind that I would not, in my mind, write by myself. And some of these songs, I'll look back at what my contributions were lyrically, and it, it is uncanny how whatever I was going through is in some of that. It's always in. For me... Like, I remember writing 40 Dogs in the middle of my divorce. And, I mean, I was so, like, kind of heartbroken, losing my wife. And then also, I, I fell in love with somebody, and then and that relationship ended right afterwards. Like, there was all this heartbreak. But also, I was developing this relationship with my son, where I was just falling in love with my son. And that's what comes through in that song. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what that song's about. It's just the love that you feel for your children that you've never experienced before. And I was like, why am I writing this beautiful love song when I'm going through all this heartbreak? Yeah. And I was like, oh, because I, I, I love my son more than anything in the world. Right. Well, and it's weird, too. I mean, some songs just start happening to you, and they sort of take off, and you're just trying to ride the wave. And then the 40 Dogs may have kind of appeared partially birthed, and it's kind of this one thing, this bouncy up thing that's romantic sounding. And you kind of just, as a craftsman, as a good songwriter, kind of had to follow what it was, too, a little bit. Dude, that was one of those songs I just wrote. I wrote it as fast as I could write it. Right. There's even another verse that I took out that was on the original. Like, we recorded the other verse on the album and then only took it out because we had to create a single. And then... I was like, oh, I don't need that verse anyways, and then took it out on the album. What's the lyric to the forgotten verse? Stupid shit, dude. <laughs> it Like about being Spider-Man and all this fucking crazy <laughs> shit, dude. I'm so glad I took that out. Like it was some random fucking bullshit. About being Spider-Man. I'll be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. <laughs> it, was like, it was the most random fucked up shit about fucking being a, like, being an armed robber or something i don't know wow yeah it was it was random dude but i mean that song's pretty random that first verse is crazy sometimes you remind me of a moonbeam or the ghost of a moonbeam yeah slipping on down by the coast dude just how about the lyrics for the whole first if i yell it out if i spell it out we hear me if i tell you about how it has to be before it gets too late it's not easy what it's said to be Something, Something right, right about, about you and right, me. That whole part of the verse is stupid, but <laughs> <laughs> the second part of that is great. What's the second part? I gotta look it up. <laughs> I've only it sang up. it a million times. Yeah, the second half of the first verse. You're the color of a bird, a brook. You're the color of a sideways look from an undercover cop in a comic book. That's a Dick Tracy reference, by the way. Do you ever watch, do you know Dick Tracy, the comic? I know the movie, the Warren Beatty film. Yeah. You're the color of a storm in June. You're the color of the moon. You're the color of the night. You're right. The color of a fight, you move me. The color of a fight, that's pretty good. <laughs> right? Yeah, I love this song. You're the color of the color part of the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. 
All right. Enough tooting my own shit. Do we have any uh, emails or anything? We've got some emails. You can email us, bobandclint at gmail.com. I will say, we get a lot of really long emails. Ugh, I don't read any long emails, well, for God's sake. They're sakes. all really good and thoughtful. They're just long. And just to you out there, to the to the faithful listeners. Maybe we could, do, you know what we should, we have a Facebook. Maybe we should post the emails to the Facebook so that if people are interested in reading them, they can read them. I don't think they would like that. I don't think they're wanting us to post these publicly, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you an A for effort for trying on that, but all right, don't. All right, so if you're gonna send us an email, keep it brief. Um, hey guys, this is from Andrea S. By the way, uh, pronounced Steinkritzer. All right, maybe from your from your old land of Germany, Steinkritzer. Hey guys, uh, she says, first of all, so much fun, meaning the podcast. It's been fantastic getting to know you guys and laughing along with you both. I enjoy your banner, and I really love how you, Clint, sometimes tell it like it is, and you put Bob in his place. That cracks me up. I've been following Bob since 2010, and I'm a patron member since the beginning. So she's a patron of uh, the Song Club podcast that you do, which is nice. We need to start a uh, I'm Okay, You're Okay Patreon pretty soon. I'm into that. So I've listened to Bob for a couple of years. It's been fun getting to know you, Clint, from the podcast. I look forward to I'm Okay, You're Okay each week. Thank you, too, for the podcast. Question one is for Bob. Have you watched the DVD I gave you in Minneapolis? I actually gave it to Jay to give you as you didn't come out for the second show. It's called Burning Love and is a parody of The Bachelor developed by Ben Stiller. If you haven't seen it, you must. I think you'll get a kick out of seeing out of it, seeing that you like the Bachelor. Did Jay deliver that package he, to he, you? He delivered it, but I, I I don't want. I mean, I stopped watching DVD years DVDs years ago. But you can watch Burning Love. Like it's on it's on Netflix or it's on someone. I I know it was on Netflix at one point. Have you so seen it? No, I haven't watched it. Does a spoof of The Bachelor interest you? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I just I just kind of forgot about it. But no, I haven't seen it. I do think Ben Stiller has been, I mean, he's been in a lot of big movies, but he's kind of been this quiet force for like 20 years in, in comedy, in popular culture, right? Isn't he kind of an odd figure? I don't know how I feel about Ben Stiller. He's done a lot of shit that's not funny, but I mean, he did fucking something about Meru, which is a fucking comedy masterpiece. Well, didn't he direct Cable Guy? I hated Cable Guy. But that's an important film. I mean, that film was a big deal. Maybe I don't know. I I uh, what about I saw, meet the meet the parents is pretty good. Meet the parents is good. He's great in that. He yeah. when he's playing that guy, yeah, he's great. Yeah, when he does anything else, and he's kind of like Adam Sandler. When Adam Sandler's doing Adam Sandler, he's wonderful. Anytime he's got an accent, he's usually shitty. Same with Ben Stiller. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, she says, question two and three are for Clint. It's the intro and exit music of this podcast. You on the guitar. I like it. Yes, I wrote and performed the intro and exit music. I did a web series for our friend Katie Featherston where I just had to make a whole bunch of kind of bumper music for her web series, and that was one of the leftover pieces. And it worked well for our show. Yeah, and that last song is called Pull Up to My Bumper Music, Baby. Pull Up to My Bumper Music, Baby. You know what Pull Up to My Bumper is? No. All right, doesn't matter. Okay. Look it up. Pull, Another, up to, pull up to my bumper. It was a big song in the 80s. Grace <laughs> yeah. Grace Slick did it. Grace Slick? Is it Grace Slick? She's from Jefferson Airplane? No, no. Grace. Uh, who's the the black chick? Oh. The disco chick. Oh, uh, um, I know who you're talking about. What's her name? The, the short hair. Isn't it Grace something? It is Grace something. Shit. We sound like fools. 
Grace. Is it Grace Slick? God, what is her name? I'm here's my flowchart on the lookup. I'm looking up Grace B E T. Jones. Grace Jones. God All right. Damn it. Wow. And I didn't have to look it up, by the way. That actually came bubbling up out of the goo. <laughs> A la Ghostbusters 2. I guess. He is Vigo Carpathian. All right. Question two for me. Knowing that you were in theology school, what made you do a 180 on religion? Was it a combination, or did you have one big epiphany that made you change your thinking? Uh, she says, I believe in God, but not sure about any of the rest. Um, it took a lot of time. I was extremely religious and evangelical Christian for 10 years. It kind of started with reading Carl Sagan and Richard Dawkins and looking around at the universe and seeing that a lot of my really strict ideas about the world we're not lining up with observable reality. So that's the short answer of that. But it, it took a while, and I, I've, I am really happy with where I've landed. I'm a pretty staunch atheist, and uh, you know everyone has to find their own path. But that was mine. One more question for Bob. What's the deal with Jinky? I've heard that you'll never sing it again. Why did you retire it, and is there a story behind it? It's not retired, and uh, I just don't play it very often. But I like that song. And uh, I'm not, uh, it's not retired. I have never played that song with you. Really? Never. Not one time. In seven years, I never played that song with you. And uh, not, not even at a Saxon gig. Well, I don't, yeah, like I said, I don't play it very often, but I don't, I don't hate the song. And there's other songs that people like to hear that I don't like to play, like Flower Parts. J- Jingy's not one of them. I like that song. And uh, I don't play it the way it is on the record. I play it more like kind of a, sort of a folksy acoustic blues song why don't you what's the what's flower parts what's the story with that it's just a hard song to sing um so i have to use and i just don't it's i don't know it's it's just not one of my i just don't like it that much isn't it weird how some songs even if you really do like the song or the recording some songs are just really it's hard to crack the code live yeah i mean i just had to play it a week ago because uh we played a birthday party and somebody you know paid me to play the party so if you're paying me to play and you want to give me a list of songs i'll play them and that was one of them and it sounded fine it i just don't you know it's just not my favorite song i I, there's so many songs that i would prefer to play that and it's low on the list yeah so do you feel obligated to play any songs at your shows yeah like i have to play like tarantula I i guess I don't have to play Tarantula by like 40 Dogs. I usually play like, there's 40 Dogs, Honey Pot, Let the Light In, Tarantula, Big Blue Sea. I kind of play those at almost every show yeah. I do. Because they're kind of the most well-known. But my biggest song on Spotify is Peaches, and I rarely play that. When I first started touring with you in 2011, we played Peaches a lot, but... uh uh perfect day was was a newer album right we listened to perfect day on vinyl the other day there's some weird shit on that record it the is. back half of that record is really odd yeah um it's uh, fun ha- or uh fun cake fun cake dirt mouth dirt mouth we were listening to side b i swear to god we were in the kitchen making shit it was isabel who put it on and i was like god damn yeah. this is an odd yeah back half it's cool i love that song still life or does it still life yeah, but that's not on that record. Oh, that's what is that on? Yeah, it is. No, that's on the B sides of the Californian. I don't listen to my studio albums ever after they're recorded. Oh, hand me back my life. Oh yeah, hand me back my life. That's good, dude. When I first started playing with you, 
We were playing every song on this. We were first of all, we were opening with Penelope Cruz almost every night. Right. Am I missing something? Another bad idea. Hand me back my life. We were yeah, I'll do that. We were playing all that stuff. Yeah, except for I mean, I let the light in and honeypot I still play all the time. Um Yeah, I don't play any of these other ones very much. I do like uh I do like Penelope Cruz when I do it solo. It's got a really like melancholy vibe to it. And I love everything uh everything you love. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite. Hey, uh I gotta take a break. I gotta pee. We got like one more minute. I gotta pee though. Okay. Well, you can uh email us Bob and Clint at gmail.com. <laughs> no, uh, don't leave it. Don't put that in there. Well, we gotta wrap it up anyway. We're here at thirty minutes. We got about a minute. All right. So it's wrap up time anyway. Can you edit out the P thing then? I mean, maybe. <laughs> God damn it. I might lead off with it. Uh, Bob shit. and Clint at gmail.com. We'll read it on the show. We love you guys out there. Thanks for the support. Leave us a positive review over at iTunes. And uh, go check out our other podcast, The Song Club with Bob Schneider. Metal up your podcast with Clint Wells. We'll catch you on the flippity floppity. Choose. <laughs> <laughs>